Saints fans, Pelicans fans, let's go. This is the Black and Blue Report. Black. Bree is going to go deep. He's got Graham. Touchdown. Blue. Down the lane. Shoots. No. Tip follow in for Davis with three tenths of a second left. Welcome into the podcast for the fans, straight from the teams they love. It's good to see you guys, and uh, I didn't know we had Studio B here in our facility. Good setup. Now that I know where your guys' little office is, I can pop in here whenever I want. Well, we're playing through AD, and so everybody's going to have to adjust to that. Coaches, players, analysts, celebrities, and more. That guy's Anthony Mackie. I've gotten in many of our arguments about the Pelicans and the Saints uh, over the years. Harry Connick Jr. joins us here on the Black and Blue Report. Undoubtedly, to me, the Saints are the singular reason that New Orleans is back on the map. Hoda Kotb from the Today Show on NBC, our guest. You know, New Orleans gets in your blood. The Saints never leave it once they get in there. This is the Black and Blue Report, straight from the source. No appointment radio. Wherever, whenever. Now, from Studio B, or from wherever the Saints or Pelicans might be, here's Sean Kelly. Hey, how goes it? Welcome into the Black and Blue Report, the podcast for Saints and Pelicans fans. We made it to Friday, didn't we? Greetings from Studio B. I'm Sean Kelly, and uh, we are all set to go here, ready to wrap up the week in uh, fine fashion. Uh, we're going to wrap up OTAs this week with a lot of stuff for you today. We're going to hear from head coach Sean Payton, quarterback Drew Brees. John DeShazer is going to stop by as well. And uh, we'll uh, get uh, a good handle on what went down over the last couple of days. This phase of the OTAs, the uh, Saints are not on the practice field today. They wrapped up their sessions yesterday early afternoon. They kind of surprised, well, they surprised me. They probably didn't surprise anybody else, but they surprised me, practiced outside yesterday. Um, it was a little toasty, <laughs> but uh, but all all said and done, it, it was a good day, and I thought that um, I thought that what I saw was uh, encouraging as far as you know seeing the new faces, the competition at a lot of different spots. Uh, John DeShazer and myself will give us uh, give you our observations here in just a moment, and then of course uh, we'll hear from the guys that really matter. That's uh, Coach Payton and. Uh, Drew Brees. The NBA Finals are all set for next week. Kristen Ledlow from NBA TV is going to sit down with Daniel Salerson today. Uh, they'll kind of put a wrap on the uh, conference finals and look ahead to next week. Uh, some time well spent healing, I think, this weekend for both of the teams involved, Cleveland and Golden State. So, uh, really good show for you lined up today. Uh, in other NBA news, I'm sure you all saw it yesterday, and um, Tom Thibodeau was fired by the Chicago Bulls. Uh, that uh, now I think sets the stage for a bunch of things to start happening with coaches, coaching searches now across uh, several different franchises, including New Orleans. You know, and a lot of people have been asking me about whether or not Thibodeau fits in with the Pelicans or if he's on a list. Or, I, I don't know. We'll, we'll have to see. We'll all watch this thing play out together. Uh, I just will say that I was a, a little surprised at how the whole thing was handled yesterday, um, and I'll, <laughs> I'll leave it at that. Uh, great weekend on tap, and uh, it's worth mentioning – and, of course, we want to wish all the best to our Louisiana College baseball teams beginning regional play today. Of course, the Raging Cajuns, the Tigers, and the Green Wave uh, all in action later on today. Uh, two of those teams, obviously, at the Baton Rouge Regional. And uh, don't forget, it's LSU and Lehigh at 3 o'clock Central Time over in Baton Rouge today, followed by Tulane versus UNC 
Wilmington. That's the Baton Rouge Regional, which begins today. And then uh, if you're like me and you like a little stick and puck, um, two game sevens in the Stanley Cup playoffs, that'll be outstanding. Rangers and Lightning first up uh, here tonight. But uh, if if you're kind of on the edge of being a hockey fan or you've said to yourself, you know, I may want to try this out, have a look at it, um, if you're going to do that, you may as well take in a Game 7 of a, a conference final series because it is just thrilling and exciting, and, uh, and I think that you'll be hooked. Um, so enjoy that this weekend as well. So there you go. Uh, good stuff on this Friday. We want to take a quick break, and when we come back, we'll pull John DeShazer here into Studio B and get, begin to discuss uh, this week's activity with the black and gold. Stay with us. Do you have all the right moves to be a member of the hottest dance team in the NBA? The Pelicans dance team is having open auditions for their 2015-16 squad, and you're invited to try out. Audition prep classes are starting soon, with open auditions happening Saturday, June 13th at the New Orleans Pelicans practice facility on Airline Drive in Metairie. Get details on these prep classes, open auditions, and full Pelicans dance team coverage now at pelicans.com. At Smoothie King, we're so much more than just fruit and a blender. Because each and every Smoothie King smoothie is blended for a purpose. Whether you want to make it one more mile or simply make it through the day, we have a smoothie just for that. Bring us your purpose and we'll blend it. Looking to purify your diet? Hurry in now and try our new Nutty Super Grain Vegan Smoothie. Made with almond milk, Sun Warrior Protein, Super Grains, and a peanut taste you'll go nutty for. Only at Smoothie King, proud supporter of the New Orleans Pelicans. Smoothies with a purpose. Welcome back to the Black and Blue Report. Here's Sean Kelly and John DeShazer. John DeShazer has joined us here on, in Studio B on this Friday. Yesterday, uh, phase two of the off-season program, as Drew Brees and others inside the locker room refer to it. But OTAs wrapped up with, a, with an open practice for the media and then uh, a lot of discussion afterward. And again, we'll be sharing a bunch of that with you uh, today, including head coach Sean Payton, quarterback Drew Brees, and others, but JD, uh, it, it was warm yesterday, and the, the Saints did practice outside. Um, what did you start to glean from that first look, that first impression of the Saints? Well, I mean, you know, it, it's hard to get a great read on a lot of things. I mean, you see Brandon Browner lining up at right cornerback and Keenan Lewis at left, so those are some things that we thought we'd see. Uh, Stephon Anthony, the rookie linebacker, he's lined up with the number two unit, but he made a nice interception on a, on the ball yesterday. And uh, so you like to see his ball awareness because, you know, that's not necessarily one of the traits that we thought we'd see out of him coming out of Clemson. Uh, you know, we expected him to be an inside guy who was a thumper and a tackler, but to see he's got some decent hands uh, certainly was a, a nice thing to look at. Uh, from the receiving standpoint, you know, Kenny Stills no longer is with the team, obviously traded to Miami, and Jimmy Graham, the tight end, traded to Seattle. So, you know, it was going to be interesting to see who lined up uh, with the, the first and second units. And it looks like Shontavious Jones – Maybe has nudged ahead of Brandon Coleman, although Brandon Coleman made a nice play on on a catch and run uh, later on in the practice. So, but you know, it's it's difficult to gauge a whole lot because you know there isn't that physical element. You know, you don't have any padding, but this is more about mental repetitions. And Coach Sean Payton, one of the things he mentioned was that you know Sean Tavius Jones and Brandon Coleman are light years. Excuse me, Drew Brees mentioned they're light years away from even last season. Uh, as opposed to, to, to being where they are right now. So, 
You like to see that improvement. That's one of the reasons I believe the Saints didn't pursue a free a, a, a rookie wide receiver mm-hmm. in the draft because they like what they have already have on the on the roster. So those two guys, especially, are going to have a chance uh, to get some reps and make some plays. Go back to Bronner for a minute. I didn't realize how big he really is. I he mean, is it's what is, what is he six four two twenty one? It's four, he is huge. Whoa. he is huge, and uh, you know they like that element. He's huge. He's physical. Uh, Keenan Lewis, who we you know consider a bigger quote unquote corner cornerback, and Keenan's like six one or six you know six foot six one and maybe two hundred pounds soaking wet or so. And Brandon Brown checks in at that kind of height and weight, and he's a guy they want to play press coverage. That's going to allow them if he and Keenan can disrupt and if they can get somebody to play in the slot, whether that's Kyle Arrington or whether that's one of the rookies, the PJ Williams or whoever, if they can get those guys to to get their hands on receivers and allow those down linemen, that front seven, to get to the quarterback. That should give them a little bit, another split second uh, to be able to get there. That's what they're counting on in that press coverage. They want to put those guys out there. They want to be physical, and they want to see if they can apply more more pressure to the quarterback. Yeah, shut the front door. When he came out, I was like, holy. I checked my roster. I did a double take. I said, okay, that is Brandon Brown. He right? will darken doorways. Yeah. I mean, he's that big. He is. He's a – He's huge, man. You you really can't get an appreciation, and like you said, until you see him in person, mm-hmm. you can't get an appreciation for a guy that big. You know, we go around these NBA guys all the time. And yeah, you get an appreciation, but I mean, when you see a guy that big on the football field who's that put together playing cornerback, no pads. <laughs> yeah, playing cornerback. That's that's man. He is he is worth the price of admission. Yeah, it was helmet, jersey, and shorts yesterday. Uh, two guys that we did not see at the end of the season that uh, jumped off the page in me uh, yesterday. Uh, Jarvis Bird. Working, I mean, working in the offseason program and Brandon Cook's back from his hand injury. So, to me, those were two welcome sights and, and a fresh start for each of those guys. Yeah, good to see Jairus. He didn't get a chance to, to work with the team at all during the offseason training last year because of injury. And then uh, his, his regular season was cut short. In fact, you know, if you remember, during training camp, he was still working his way back through that injury. So, he really didn't get on the field almost until the last preseason game and then jumped into the regular season. So, he didn't have a whole lot of preparation work. And Coach Payton mentioned that it was important for him to be out there because, you know, you got to work with the other 10 guys. you got to get that communication element down. And then Jarris Bird is going to be counted on to be one of the guys who's a leader back there. So you develop that chemistry with your teammates. So it's good to see him out there. As you mentioned, and Brandon Cooks, you know, it's good to see him back on the field. He injured that hand, missed the last five, six games of the regular season. Obviously, he adds that speed element to the Saints receiving core. And he's going to be a critical guy. It, with Marcus Colston obviously aging and, and, and you know, his – his production declined last year. Kenny Stills is gone. Jimmy Graham is gone. This is a perfect opportunity for Brandon Cooks to really step in. We saw as the season progressed, he was getting more and more comfortable. They were finding more and more ways to get him to football, and he was catching some deep balls too. So to have him out there and, and to be healthy, you know, he could play a huge critical role in this offense this year. We finally got to see um, some of the new faces on the coaching staff work at that uh, open availability yesterday, did you notice a difference? And you, I think I know you. I think you know me well enough to know where I'm going with this. Well, I mean, I, if you're talking about Dennis Allen, yeah, yeah Den- <laughs> DA is back, and uh, he was pretty vocal earlier in practice. Then he scaled back a little bit and turned over the secondary kind because he was he was a secondary coach when he was here. Then he went to Denver as a defensive coordinator before he took the head coaching job in Oakland. So he worked in the defensive backfield, and he was pretty vocal with his guys about you know where they were supposed to be dropping and where they were supposed to be during some passing drills. So Good to see that he's supposed to be the calm, calmer of, of the of the guys on defense as, as opposed to Rob Ryan, and yet you know he was pretty uh, vocal during the, during those drills. So to see him out there, 
he's going to add that element. He's a, an extra set of eyes and a guy who's been a head coach and a guy who's been a secondary coach. So he gives you that experience that you can add to this defense. So he and Rob Ryan should work pretty well together. Rob mm -hmm. Ryan, during his interview, seemed to be pretty genuinely excited about having D.A. around. All right. Um, when the two units got together, offense and defense, I couldn't help but notice, but the first significant ball was thrown to and caught by C.J. Spiller, the second of which was then to Brandon Cooks. I, 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 I don't think I'm exaggerating when I say that C.J. Spiller is a huge story leading up to training camp here. Yeah, the comparison has been there in Sproles, and yet everyone says he has that Sproles shock value in terms of speed, and yet he's a bigger guy. Uh, so, you know, he's going to be one of those guys you want to get it to him in space. He's a home run threat every time he has his hands on the football. He's a returning threat. And the Saints return game actually ought to be pretty, pretty exciting to watch this year if you got C.J. Spiller and you got Brandon Cooks. We know Jalen Saunders might be in, in the mix. And then the, the rookie, uh, Murphy from, from Missouri. Yeah, Missouri. Yeah, so he has he's going to have an opportunity. Marcus Murphy, excuse me, going to have an opportunity to get into that into that return game. So, you know, this might not be a stagnant return game. We know it, it seemed to be a little stagnant last year in terms of guys taking chances. I don't think that's going to be the case this year. Yeah, um, a couple of – there were kind of like two news items, if you will, from Thursday, and you'll hear some of that discussed with uh, Coach Payton and uh, Drew Brees here coming up during the show. But number one uh, – uh, and, and in no particular order, number one, there were a couple guys who were absent on Thursday, um, all with legitimate reasons, but we did not see Max Unger yesterday. Uh, we also didn't see Gary Grayson. I'm trying to remember if there was somebody else that well, I was. I think it was uh, specifically that, those two, Max Unger with a baby on the way, right. uh, probably back in Hawaii, and, uh, and uh, Gary Grayson um, at the rookie seminar for the NFL, so you know, trying to get some uh, much-needed knowledge as he comes into the NFL. Right, uh, and the other thing was uh, joint practices coming up during training camp with none other than the New England Patriots. Yeah, well, that is the organization that the Saints, you know, openly have had admiration for, uh, Bill Belichick and Tom Brady. And so, you know, when you hear this team talk about what they want to be and the kind of consistency they want to want to have as, as, as winners and as being successful, that's the organization they always talk about, New England. So getting a chance to work with them and work against them and seeing some of the things they do, obviously they're not going to show you everything that they do, and nor are the Saints going to show New England everything that they do. But, you know, it breaks the monotony of camp. You know, Coach Payton mentioned that. Drew Brees mentioned that. And it's true. You know, you see these guys banging heads all the time. They get sick of seeing one another. So by the time they get another team in, the juices flow a little bit. And you do get a chance to see, if you can't see the specific plays that they're running in the schemes, you at least get a chance to, to witness some of the discipline that they impose and some of the things that they do in terms of technique and that kind of thing. So it'll be beneficial for both parties. All right, good work. Um, we'll hear from some of the players that uh, you and I got a chance to visit with in the locker room. Not only, uh, I think probably more of those guys we're going to take you through next week with. Um, today, as we mentioned, Coach Payton and Drew Brees. So the guys are... The coaching staff's hard at it all weekend, getting ready for next week, but the guys are not back on the practice field, per se, until Tuesday, correct? Yeah, they get back, and then uh, I think we get our availability again next Thursday, if I'm not mistaken. So we'll get a chance to, to talk with them again and see uh, what else is going on by the time. By then, they should have the mental reps down a little bit better. Uh, everything should be a little bit smoother, and that's more for the rookies than the veterans. I mean, now if, you're in, in, if you're installing new schemes and everything, then obviously it helps the vets, too. But the rookies have an entire playbook to learn. So the more reps these guys get, the better. All right. There you have it. Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday next week. Um, and a chance for us to see them again on Thursday the 4th. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we'll give you not all, but uh, some of head coach Sean Payton with the media after yesterday's practice.
In New Orleans, food is more than a passion, it's a tradition. And Zatarans has been part of that tradition for 125 years. From jambalaya and dirty rice to crab boil and more, Zatarans has been jazzing up dinner since before there was jazz. And we're excited about what next season might bring. Jazz it up tonight with Zatarans, proud sponsor of the New Orleans Pelicans. All-Star Electric is lighting up the future with the latest in LED lighting. All-Star Electric specializes in the installation and conversion of the newest LED lighting products. This lasting investment is virtually maintenance-free and offers significant savings on your next electricity bill. This is Tim Blanchard, president of All-Star Electric. Let us evaluate your building, parking lot, or home for an LED conversion because we know we can save you some money. What's up, Black and Gold fans? This is Anthony Mackey, Seven Wall Soldier, Drew Brees' disciple. You are listening to the Black and Blue Report. We continue here uh, in Studio B with our conversation today surrounding the New Orleans Saints, and I want to follow up uh, on what we just discussed with John DeShazer and hear from head coach Sean Payton and quarterback Drew Brees. Coach first, and a number of topics uh, covered yesterday with Coach Payton. Remember, if you want to hear the entire press conference in its entirety, you can do so uh, at NewOrleansSaints.com. Here are some of the highlights, though, starting with the news that John and I just discussed a moment ago, and that is these um, uh, the joint practices between the Saints and the New England Patriots coming up in August. We are having a joint practice with them. Uh, this will be, I think, the third time we've done it, um, and that's really the only planned joint practice. We had talked with the Texans the following week in, in – uh, and yet um, we won't, won't be having any joint practice with Houston, but it will be with New England. Um, and I have to look at the calendar, but I, I think uh, two or three days um, prior to playing them down here uh, in our second preseason game. So um, that's, that's the team we're planning on practicing with, and uh, we've done it before. Like I said, this will be the third, I want to say the third time. Did that have anything to do with hard knocks being with Houston? And- well, we typically have just gone with one team. Um, you know, we've, we've discussed and talked about a second team, but really the decision was more about uh, getting back into a schedule here um, and then certainly, you know, recognize the fact that they're going to be uh, featured on Hard Knocks, but it was really more about our team and what's best for us. What are some of the, the benefits of that, bringing in another team? Um, I think it can come at a time when, you know, you can work against different looks defensively and offensively. Uh, it also can... You know, pick up the focus and attention to detail. Um, you know, typically in, in our experience has been when we've had practices with New England, you know, uh, I can't speak for Bill, but I think we've done a really good job of, of focusing on certain periods. Um, and it, it gives you a different look. You know, it gives you a, a different uh, offense, a different defense, maybe techniques. And, uh, you know, certainly for us, um, you know, they're one of those teams that we feel like has been, you know, right at the top each year competing for a championship. So, um, you know, the experience has been good in the past. Sean, you guys didn't get a whole lot of Jarris Bird last year in the offseason uh, leading up to training camp. Just how much does it help a guy, I guess, to be able to participate in, especially him? You know, I, I think it's significant. Um, you know, and he's in good shape now and, and working through. There's still some maintenance things that he's doing with his knee. Uh, and yet, you know, to get out here for all of these guys, but specifically a player like him, you know, the 
the message this morning in the meeting was, you know, we're, we're preparing mentally and with alignments. Uh, there is some conditioning element to what we're doing in this time of the year. Obviously, that's important. Uh, but it's to allow ourselves to, to be better prepared when we put the pads on and get into training camp. So, you know, uh, I think it also is beneficial to the other 10 guys, you know, when you're talking about a veteran player like him, you know, with regards to calls, with regards to communication, leadership. Sean, Rob talked about Brandon Browner saying he's a winner, won the Grey Cup and everything. How much comfort does it give you knowing you've got a guy of his quality opposite of Keenan on the outside? Well, it's look, it's one of the one of the parts to the equation that attracted us to him. Um, you know, he's he's competitive, uh, he's driven, and you know, certainly one of the things we talked about this offseason through the draft, through the acquisition of players, is is the makeup and making sure that. Uh, that that's something we felt was a plus, and certainly with him, we feel this, that, that that's a, a strength of his. Sean, what are your thoughts on that new PAT rule change, and do you feel like that could change all strategy at all? I don't. Um, I I would say this. I completely understand the change based on the, the percentages of the PATs. Hopefully, we can convert the point after kick um, from that yard line uh, as efficiently as as we can from the two, and yet. You would say just anytime that ball moves back a yard, there's a drop off in accuracy. I mean, that should, that would be just a, a fact. So does it affect when you go? For, I think it would affect possibly when you go for two in the game, maybe a little bit earlier than than not. Uh, but a lot of it would be, you know, how, how do you feel like you're hitting those kicks? Because that number, that percentage I'm giving you is representative of all 32 teams. So that means that it's it's affected by the the best kicker in the league, whoever that is, and it's also affected on the other sliding part of the scale of the worst kicker in the league. And so where do you feel like uh, your kicker is with regards to, to his accuracy? And that probably would dictate it more than just the rule change. But, but certainly, um, you know, that accurate kicker, uh, I think it increases his value a little bit because, you know, he's going to hit a number maybe higher than the norm. We're talking about kickers. Uh... Shane Graham, and you got two guys who haven't kicked a ball in an NFL game. I mean, obviously, as wide open as you can get. With, Absolutely, with the race. yeah. Two young guys. Um, well, a it's it's you know it's it's kind of difficult to bring or have a competition with three kickers. We weren't going to do that. And after uh, the rookie mini camp, we felt real confident about you know how Hawker worked, and um, you know we made that decision. So. You know, we'll see how they do. So far, they, you know, for the for the amount of time they've had out here, they've responded well. Uh, both of them understand that you know they, they got a real good opportunity. Was that precipitated by? I know Hawker was with the Dolphins from early January till till recently. Is that a guy you you guys targeted or no? Yeah. No, honestly, it it was really a guy. Once we brought him brought him in for the rookie mini camp, and we we kind of know the backgrounds of, of certain players. Yeah. But it was once we had them and we looked at it, and uh, it was after that evaluation, really, after like, having them. Do you like the idea of youth at that position or a stronger leg or anything? Though in I like the idea of just uh, a good kicker at that position, yeah, yeah. whether he's young. I'm not partial to his age. I'm not partial to whether he's tall, short, fat. Um, I like the idea of not having to worry about the new rule change at 15 yards. So hopefully we can uh, see what we get from these two guys. 
All right, so that was head coach Sean Payton yesterday. He was followed up by his quarterback, Drew Brees. Now, Drew, of course, has been through a few of these OTAs uh, at this point in his career, but still finds a lot of things to be gained from those. He also touched on a couple of other uh, topics that directly uh, uh, impact him. Obviously, the guy who gets him the football to start the play, and he also talked about some of the uh, weapons, new and old, uh, in his offense going into 2015. Well, the point of OTAs, obviously, uh, the physical contact is very limited, so... In, in, in many cases, it's about installing the offense and defense, um, working the new wrinkles that are potentially in the offseason, uh, that you've installed in the offseason or put in the offense in the offseason, uh, getting, getting to know some of these young guys, whether they're young rookies or free agents. Um, had a chance to work with all the tight ends, receivers, running backs, fullbacks, all the skill position guys during this phase two. And we had some time together on the field and, and that kind of stuff on our own. So that was... Um, and that was good. I think that, that kind of gave us a head, head start to what we want to accomplish during these practices. Would, would, you, call, would you call CJ a scat back? Or how, how would you describe him as running back? And in comparison, yeah. you've had similar guys. Well, here's the thing. I, I think he's all purpose. Yeah. You know, I mean, he's, um, he's got some of the quicks and the speed and kind of that, um, you know, slash element like a Sproles. But he's, but he's bigger in stature like a Pierre. Um, and, and so he, you know, there's really not anything he can't do. You know, he can he can be he can be a feature back in, in the you know in the base offense. Certainly he can play in the nickel. He's a guy you can free release, a guy who can block, a guy who can run screens, a guy who can do a little bit of everything. So you like you like those guys. How much did you feel like you and Brandon Cooks are really starting to get on the same page yeah. when he has the hand injury and I mean how much do you think he can really uh, elevate his play even more and be yeah. a, be a big well, big threat. time. I mean, the more the more time on task we have together, the more that we can build that rapport and that relationship. And um, I, I know this about him. He 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 came he already came back better than he was before. And I think just mentally tougher, stronger. Um, you know, ending the season with an injury certainly not the way that you you know you want to go out, especially for a guy who I think is used to being really durable and tough and playing through anything. You know, that was just one of those unfortunate deals. But um, you know. I, I know he's been chomping at the bit now for a while. So just getting back to work and, and watching his attention to detail and his work ethic, I mean, he's he's everything you want in a teammate. I don't know. Is that an adjustment period for you, not, not having Jimmy there anymore is, is a big target? Is, is, is that different? Or? You know, you know um, honestly, I mean, I think you can't dwell on, you know, who, who you don't have or, or what, you know, the circumstances there. I love Ben Watson. I love Josh Hill, and I love the guys that we have, and, and, and I feel like those guys can make a big impact for us, as well as the other skill positions, the receivers, the running backs. So um, while I love Jimmy and miss Jimmy, not only as a player but as a person, you know, life goes on, and I like the guys we have. When you get a new center like Max, I know he wasn't out here today, but how yeah. – I'm sure you guys have a lot of work to do together to get acclimated. I mean, how much yeah. – can, I guess you can't put a timetable, but how, yeah. how big is that adjustment? Well, I mean, for him, um, coming into a new offense, you know, it's, hey, what do, what do we call this here, you know, versus what I called it elsewhere. So just the verbiage. Um, and then it's, you know, hearing, it, hearing the play call in the huddle, you know, getting up to the line, communicating it, hear my, hear my, hearing my cadence, my communication, you know, absorbing that and then being able to pass that along. And just kind of the, uh, there's a timing and a rhythm to, to a lot of what you do, you know, in that quarterback center exchange. So. Those are things that just time on task. I'm, I'm, I'm confident, you know, we'll, we'll have down here pretty soon. Drew, with all the training camps uh, you've been through, uh, and now my understanding of the practice against the Patriots. Yeah. I mean, are you a big fan of that, or like last yeah. year? You know, you I have enjoy it. Yeah. I enjoy it. I enjoy it because it breaks up the monotony of camp. You know, I mean, 
there's times where you, you just get tired of going up against each other and you know it's just the same old same old kind of you know same old deal every day where, where you know anytime you have a chance to go up against a defense that's going to naturally give you different looks um, different personnel I mean you you just it's almost like preparing for a game a couple days in a row you know when you're going up against uh, another team a lot to learn you know watch their offense watch what they're doing and we incorporate some of this stuff into what we're doing I mean there's just there's so many elements to that that I like plus it just kicks it up a notch from a competitive standpoint you know guys you know wanting to get out there and compete and, and, and show their best and um, it's very game like what about the fact it's New England I mean yeah uh, the, 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 the you know the caliber of team yeah here's the thing we yeah and this will be the third time we've done it with those guys you know and I think it's been really beneficial for both sides each time we've done it um, you know hey they're the defending world champs their team that over the last you know what 14 years has been playing at the highest level there is so if there is a team you want to scrimmage against, the team that you want to, you know, compete against, learn from at the same time, it's those guys. All right, so there you go. Uh, Coach Payton and uh, Drew Brees from yesterday following Thursday's practice. And, again, the fellows are back on the field on Tuesday for the next phase of OTAs. We'll take a quick break, and when we come back, we'll turn our attention to the NBA. Daniel Salerson had the pleasure of visiting with Kristen Ledlow of NBA TV. It's yours right after this. Pelicans fans, be sure to download the team's official app so you can play our new game, Quest for the Coast, presented by Chevron. Help Pierre the Pelicans save the coast in this infinite flying adventure. Save as many miles of the coast as you can before the water rises. This fun interactive game includes a basketball bonus round and educational facts about the environment provided by the Audubon Nature Institute. Quest for the Coast, presented by Chevron. Available only on the Pelicans app. Download it today. I'm Chip Chapman, here on the street asking people what they would do with a $40 million Powerball jackpot from the Louisiana Lottery. I'd fly to Italy to go shoe shopping with my girlfriends. I'd invest it, of course. I could double that money in no time. And you, sir. I'd buy me a vacation home on my own private island and a new sports car and a golden hot tub. That's club. quite enough from you, sir. Play Powerball at any Louisiana Lottery retailer. Starting jackpot $40 million. Must be at least 21 to purchase. Welcome back to the Black and Blue Report. Here's Daniel Sellerson. Well, growing up as a kid in the 90s, one of my favorite shows to watch on Saturday mornings was NBA Inside Stuff. It's been back on the air since 2013 on NBA TV. And joining me now is one of the hosts of the show, the wonderful Kristen Ledlow. Kristen, thank you so much for joining me this morning. Thanks for having me and for calling me wonderful. Oh, no problem. No problem. Uh, now, before we talk basketball, I do have to ask you about Inside Stuff. The show is was so fun for me to watch um, growing up, and it seems like the players have such a great time on the show, and it looks like you and Grant do as well. Uh, what is it like hosting such a popular show like uh, Inside Stuff? Yeah, you know, I've said it before that we were nervous before we brought it back because it's like, you know, starring in the sequel to the movie that everybody loved, mm -hmm. and you know that everyone's going to hate no matter what you do with it. <laughs> um, and so we were pretty nervous about, you know, reviving a show that so many people loved and that people had high expectations for, but it has been so much fun. It's like you said, the guys have a blast with it. Um, everybody kind of wants to be part of the show. Right. And then co-hosting with Grant as well. I mean, he, he honestly could not find just a better guy than that. Yeah, how has it been working with Grant? I know being having the chance to uh, play with an NBA legend like uh, Grant Hill or working with him, excuse me, um, how has he been like uh, co-hosting the show with him? 
Well, yeah, I always joke that we needed a pretty face for the poster, <laughs> so we got Grant. Um, but no, it's it's been phenomenal. He is just he's the classiest, this kindest, most hardworking man that I've ever had the privilege of being around. And you know, everybody has kind of a Grant Hill story, either from the first time they met him or the first time they saw him or or whatever it may be. And all of those stories are true. You know, he is right. as good as advertised, and um, he's been just a fantastic fellow. Absolutely. You guys do a great job with the show. And uh, Anthony Davis has been featured on the show a couple times um, this season. Was he as fun to watch for you as it was for us this season? Oh, absolutely. And you know what's funny is I was actually supposed to be in New Orleans to sit down with Anthony um, about midway through this season when he was in that MVP conversation and the Pelicans were fighting for a spot, uh, you know, in the Western Conference playoffs. And, and I got really sick that week, oh, no. um, ended up getting the flu and wasn't able to get on a plane to go over there. So uh, they employed my dear friend and former interviewee, <laughs> Ryan Anderson, to interview him oh, instead. Nice. And, and so Ryan and ended up interviewing his teammate. And so it was, it was a really, really fun uh, interview to watch. But, but yes, as far as AD goes, um, playing, it's unbelievable to watch what he's accomplished. Just in these last couple of seasons, um, the improvement that's there and now going from, you know, a promising, you know, potential superstar to truly one of the best in the NBA. And yes, like you said, it is as fun for us to watch as it is for you guys in New Orleans. Yeah, he's been a blast. It's been great. And, Kristen, over the last few years, I would say the Pelicans have been lacking as far as national media exposure. Nothing against anyone from national media. It's more just they had been struggling lately, didn't have the star power. But um, will we start to see more of a national interest given AD's emergence and the Pelicans making the playoffs for the first time in four years? Yeah, and you know what's interesting? Because there are a handful of teams across the board that in the last couple of seasons have – have been truly fantastic and haven't gotten that real national recognition. And, and for the first time, we're seeing across the board these teams that have been good in the NBA are no longer in the spotlight. You know, Lakers-type teams and, and the Knicks and, and even the Celtics, you know, these teams that are all – now rebuilding, and then you've got teams like the Pelicans that are emerging, and, and even teams now that are going to be in the finals, uh, teams that have been through just decades of a drought without a title, if not one at all, you know, in the Cavs and the Warriors. And, and then you've got teams like the Memphis Grizzlies as well. So it's a pretty cool time in the NBA for these teams from, I guess, what could be considered smaller markets, um, you know, or teams that haven't really had the spotlight before uh, now are emerging as the best in the NBA. So, yeah, I think the same for the Pelicans. Yeah, I'm glad you mentioned the Warriors and the Cavs as the NBA Finals are set. Um, we still have to wait a week um, to watch these two teams play, but was this the NBA Finals you expected, and what do you like about these two teams? Yeah, you know, from the beginning of this season, I kind of thought we'd end up seeing out of the East would be either the Cavaliers or the Hawks, and then out of the West, um, I thought maybe the Warriors or the Spurs. And, mm -hmm. of course, we saw an early exit for the Spurs, um, which was pretty surprising for all of us across the board, but... Um, but yeah, this is it's kind of shaken out the way that a lot of people thought and I believe hoped it would, uh, because who doesn't want to see LeBron James against the Slash Brothers, right. right? You know, you've got you've got kind of the perennial superstar against who is now the up and coming NBA MVP and Stephen Curry and and so I mean that that's a cool matchup in and of itself. But but these are teams that from top to bottom are going to provide for an entertaining matchup as well. So um, yeah, it's shaken out about the way that I think that it probably was going to all along. 
Yeah, it should be a great series, that's for sure. And I think one of the big topics is that the fact that uh, us as fans and players have to wait a week. And I know the Cavs could use the rest with all their injuries to Kyrie Irving. LeBron's been a little banged up. And now with the Warriors with Steph Curry and Klay Thompson battling head injuries, um, the whole rust versus rhythm debate, is that going to really benefit one of these teams? Or since they both kind of ended at the same time, that really won't be a factor? Yeah, I mean, it's going to be who comes out strong in that first game uh, a week from now because it's, like you said, they've had the exact same amount of rest. Or, you know, I mean, a, a day or two off. Right. But, but, you know, initially we were looking at nine days in between games mm-hmm. with, the, you know, if the Western Conference had also been a sweep. So, you know, it's interesting, and it'll be interesting to see um, who benefits from this amount of rest and, you know, come i guess it's one week from now right yeah yep. goodness the nba finals are starting one week from now so it's tough to to argue either side because neither one of these teams are going to have to face you know a conference finals that goes until seven mm-hmm. um so either way they've they've got a week to rest they've got a week to to heal up you know there are injuries on both sides and i think it'll be good for both teams Absolutely, and I don't want to put you on the spot. I don't think it's fair to ask you who uh, wins the series. If you want to, feel free to give me a prediction. But what are some keys for each team or maybe some players to look out for, not the normal Splash Brothers or the Brom Janes, but maybe an X factor for both teams that could make a big impact on this series? Yeah, you know, I mean, you asked, so I'll tell you. If I had to put money on it either way, and I would not put a single penny of my own money on it, uh, I would probably at this point go Warriors and maybe six or seven. Um, But, again, I wouldn't bet a single penny of my own money against LeBron James and Kyrie Irving and this team that has just continued to impress, um, you know, uh, primarily post-All-Star break. But, uh, you know, I mean, some of the keys on both sides, uh, first of all, getting healthy. You know, you you want a Clay Thompson out there um, without – concussion-like symptoms, of course, that we saw him exhibiting last night and that they reported after the game. Um, you want Steph, of course, his his fully healthy self, mm-hmm. which we did see, um, you know, back last night after falling on his head pretty pretty hard a couple of days ago. But, but really for LeBron James and Kyrie Irving, you want those guys um, back to their uh, – back to themselves you know LeBron has struggled uh just with just I think just the overall achiness of Mm -hmm. a long season and and Kyrie same kind of thing I mean he's goodness from head to toe had every injury that I think anybody can imagine at this point struggling with you know knee tendonitis and I think that resting and and getting a few days just off his feet is going to be huge um but as far as uh you know on the court goes it's going to be you know the job of either team to stop their superstar you know it's going to be tough to contain LeBron James it's going to be tough to contain Stephen Curry but it's it's going to be most important to you know understand that those guys are going to get theirs but limit um the guys around them you know um and and I hate to even call them role players because because Clay Thompson and, and Kyrie Irving are yeah. stars yeah. in and of themselves um the battle of the boards will be huge as well seeing what you know Andrew Bogut and Timothy Mozgov are going to do underneath um so yeah I guess I just named about every single key in any hey. basketball game so that's not helpful whatsoever no. um but it should be an exciting matchup from top to bottom no some very important keys in there and also you have two uh first-time NBA head coaches for the first time since the first year in the NBA will that play a big role as far as coaching decisions in the series yeah that's pretty cool you know to see uh for the is this the first time I guess um, you know that these two teams or any two teams excuse me have had a first year head coach uh, you know and and we're seeing them now face off in the NBA finals um, I mean of course you know being a rookie coach is 
is probably similar to being a, a rookie player. Mm-hmm. You know, you go out there and, and you may be a superstar, but you're also still going to make those mistakes that only come with experience. So I'm sure that'll play into it in some capacity, but these two teams belong there and these coaches belong there as well. Absolutely. And before I let you go, um, what can we look for on NBA TV and also NBA inside stuff as far as finals coverage? Oh, yeah. Well, we are going to hit the road. We will be uh, on the court. Well, on the court, in the cities, wherever it may be. Um, We will be on the road in both of these NBA final cities, both Oakland and Cleveland. And we are leaving in just a few days. So um, this Saturday uh, on NBA TV, I will hang out with Tristan Thompson, um, an emerging star for the Cavaliers. And and so he and I will hang this Saturday. And then Grant and I will hit the road and we will be gone from there. Um, I guess towards the end of the season, it's coming up now. My goodness, another one flew by. Uh, But yeah, we'll be on the road. So catch us on Inside Stuff. Will do. And uh, it's been uh, great to have you on here. And you do such a great job, you and Grant, on NBA Inside Stuff. We look forward to all the coverage you all do for the NBA Finals. That's Kristen Ledlow from NBA TV and NBA Inside Stuff. Kristen, thank you so much for coming on and enjoy the finals. Of course, thank you for having me. No problem. We'll be right back. Last year, over 400,000 people from 90 countries and all 50 states came to Auctioner to find the critical care they needed. People who could have gone anywhere made Auctioner their destination for a level of expertise, clinical research, and treatment options they couldn't find anywhere else. Auctioner and our affiliated physicians are renowned for leading-edge cardiovascular care, cancer care, pediatric care, innovative treatment of neurological disorders, and more. Our outstanding transplant program has resulted in Auctioner leading the nation in successful liver transplants for years. And today, Auctioner is partnering with physicians and strong community hospitals throughout the Gulf South to bring access to the highest quality of care closer to home. Find the care you need today. Call 866-AUCTIONER for a same-day appointment. Auctioner. Healthcare with peace of mind. Want to listen to the Black and Blue Report on your phone? Download the Saints and Pelicans app today. Well, we're about set to wrap it up here on this Friday. I hope that you are already enjoying the start of your weekend, wherever you may be. And, of course, uh, this is no appointment radio, so you're able to catch the Black and Blue Report when it's most convenient to you. Obviously, at NewOrleansSaints.com, Pelicans.com. Uh, you can listen through the team apps on your mobile device, and you can also, of course, keep using iTunes. It's free. And uh, we'll be back on Monday with uh, another great show. Speaking of Monday, uh, we will have Tim Lolito from the Saints offensive line, Tim Roy, the voice of the Golden State Warriors, and Saints quarterbacks coach Mike New. We're going to start the week off with a bang on Monday. So we hope that you'll be able to join us uh, for those festivities. It'll be yours just after noon central, of course, when we start the new work week. Enjoy the hockey. Enjoy the college baseball this weekend. Enjoy each other, that's for sure. Thanks again to our guests today, Kristen Ledlow, of course, from NBA TV, Coach Peyton, Drew Brees, and our own John DeShazer from NewOrleansSaints.com. For Daniel Salerson, I'm Sean Kelly, saying so long for just a while. Thanks for listening to this edition of the Black and Blue Report. If all goes well, we'll be back next week. Tune in each weekday at 12 p.m. or at your convenience exclusively online at NewOrleansSaints.com and Pelicans.com. Follow your teams direct from the source. The Black and Blue Report.